The World Economic Forum is playing for keeps. Yes, there is the Great Reset. Along that route, there are more plans which include the Great Food Transformation. Sounds great with a catchy name. It seems intended to make you say, hey, I like food and transforming is good. As with most things, the devil is in the details. And oh my, are there some details here. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 122. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Dan Reed here, the Conan Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Buy your copy of my cookbook, Cooking for Comfort, on Amazon or from my blog page, culinarylibertarian.com slash cookingforcomfort. On that blog page, you'll see photos of dishes readers have made. The few versions of beef stroganoff all look amazing. One topic that has become of interest to me both on the show and on the blog is food sovereignty. Food sovereignty is the idea that, at its most basic, you can grow or obtain the food you prefer. Generally, that means either the grocery store or your garden or your neighbor's garden. That's not really a big deal, bartering with your neighbors or establishing a garden pact so the people on your block have a variety of foods grown to share and eat. The bigger issue, and why the food sovereignty idea is an international one, is in many smaller countries, and some big ones, Small farmers are squeezed out of business when governments establish trading treaties or policies with other governments. Those are great if you're a farmer who is exporting that crop. It is much less great if you are a farmer and the government imports your crop from somewhere else, undercuts you, and you go out of business. The largest group advocating for the small farmer is La Via Campesina. Now, I've discussed them and some of their ideas in previous blog posts, which I'll link on today's show notes page, colonialibertarian.com slash 122. The idea is a good one. How they intend to reach that is a bit muddled, and that's another show. Where this gets interesting is their determination to reduce or eliminate neoliberal organizations, multinational corporations, and large government trade deals. And in case you missed the article, don't worry about that term, neoliberal. No one knows what it means, so it means anything at all or nothing at all. But it sounds really great. Now, here's that interesting part. On the website, navdanyainternational.com is one particular post titled World Economic Forum's Great Reset Plan for Big Food Benefits Industry, Not People, and author Jeffrey 
Lofredo writes, quote, Vandana Shiva, scholar, environmentalist, food sovereignty advocate, and author, told the Defender, the Great Reset is about multinational corporate stakeholders at the World Economic Forum controlling as many elements of planetary life as they possibly can. From the digital data humans produce to each morsel of food we eat, end quote. Well, now, there's going to be a problem. Hard place, meat, rock. Well, let's look at that phrase about controlling as many elements as possible. From the World Economic Forum webpage, weforum.org, is an article about what one plan is. The, quote, planetary health diet, end quote, which involves a shift toward plant-based eating, was designed by 37 experts as part of the EAT Lancet Commission to answer the question of how we're going to feed a projected 10 billion people without destroying the planet by 2050. The report reads, quote, This includes a more than doubling in the consumption of healthy foods such as fruits, vegetables, legumes, and nuts, and a greater than 50% reduction in global consumption of less healthy foods, such as added sugars and red meat, end quote. Now, I can certainly agree and support that a diet of less sugar is a good idea. The rest of that, specifically the red meat, seems not a good idea. Vegetables are fine. Eat a mango. The article is alone worthy of an episode. I encourage you to read it for yourself. It is as alarming as it is ambitious, and links for all of the articles will be on the show notes page, colonialibertarian.com slash 122. One key issue with governments or bodies such as the World Economic Forum is they put forth positions as accepted fact and build on that shaky foundation. For example, the idea that red meat is unhealthy. I have done a few episodes about that fallacy, and there is a growing amount of content debunking that idea. Another example is the climate crisis, or climate change, or global warming, or cooling, or whatever whatever it is. I'm going to put some links on the show notes page to articles that address this, But from a scientific point of view, the accuracy of the science can be seen in the successful predictions made about climate change. Most of us, me included, are lay people in this field. But we can ask ourselves how many of the several predictions we know of have come to be. Miami and New York are not yet underwater. Al Gore has the statistically improbable record of being 100% in his predictions. It seems he has been wrong on all of them. My task here is not to debate the climate change arguments. What is relevant is the WEF puts forth the idea that climate change is so, and then assumes it knows best how to fix the problem.
I'm reminded of a single panel cartoon of mathematicians working on a chalkboard, and step two reads, Then a miracle happens. We are expected to take it on faith that the WEF et al. is correct, that they can adjust the Earth's thermostat, and they should be allowed to do it. Establishing this position that they are right, the policies suggested and or implemented to reach the goal of the Paris Agreement have nearly no resistance. An interesting point economist Bob Murphy makes in a speech given at the Mises Institute is, what happens if the temperature rises to 0.1 degrees Celsius? The proposal in the EAT, Eat Lancet, is bold. On page four of the report is this passage, quote, without action, the world risks failing to meet the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the Paris Agreement, and today's children will inherit a planet that has been severely degraded and where much of the population will increasingly suffer from malnutrition and preventable disease, end quote. Well, that's scary. That reads either as a dire warning or as permission to enact harsh measures. I'll put a link to the report on the show notes page, and you can decide how it reads. Let's take a short break for a word from Jake about his Tasting Anarchy podcast. Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. Alright, just for a moment, let's review. We have the World Economic Forum and the EAT Lancet Plan for a total change in what foods are grown or raised and therefore consumed, and a plan for a heavily plant-based diet all intended to be managed by a central planner and stakeholders who will incentivize the consumer to make the choices they want us to make. That means they'll tax meat. Lest you think this plan has no detractors, let me share one voice. Frederick Leroy, who has a PhD in Applied Biological Sciences, writes, quote, The initial effect of the EAT Lancet campaign seems to be not so much to promote animal welfare as to open up for big ag lucrative new markets and feed the hunger of governments for new tax bases, end quote. Then there is La Via Campesina, the Food Sovereignty Group, which does have numerous organizations around the world sharing the goal of helping the small farmer grow crops outside of the constraints of big government. Sounds like an epic battle. But wait, there's more. Part of the plan to get the world off of meat consumption is to lean on that fake meat stuff beyond meat and impossible foods. And 
by the way, the EAT Lancet Group thinks 0 to 14 grams of meat is a good daily portion. For you not up to speed on the metric system, 14 grams is half an ounce. To get off of meat, more vegetables and plant foods need to be grown. Enter GMO foods. GMOs are highly controversial and emotionally polarizing. About this point, things get really busy. There's a lot going on, and some of it is with massive corporations such as Monsanto and Bayer and organizations such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Gates has, it seems, one foot in each camp of agribusiness and also the small farmer. The Gates Foundation has made investments in African countries, a program they call Agricultural Transformation, by helping small farmers, particularly women, establish businesses with, which create an excess of food. From the Gates Foundation webpage, there is this passage, quote, the resulting growth in productivity generates marketable surpluses and increased farm income that has been shown to spur significant additional growth in the rural, non-farm economy through expanded business opportunities for transporting, trading, processing, and retail farming surpluses, increased demand for local goods and services from better-off farm households, and by the real income boost to all consumers delivered through lower food prices, end quote. This fine-sounding plan is tempered by the other shoe, so to speak. And as it happens, this is exactly what an Austrian economist would want. This is, this, this is how, <laughs> this is, it's going to make people crazy. This is how capitalism gets people out of poverty. That's another show. I should have done that show. Of course, businesses face challenges, and the Gates Foundation identifies climate change and rainfall unpredictability and more as some of these problems. The solution is, quote, to develop new products, tools, technologies, systems, and approaches to advance inclusive agricultural transformation. These products may include new livestock vaccines, or new traits that increase a crop's drought tolerance, end quote. Changes to a plant's drought tolerance is making a GMO. I have a small blog post about the movie Food Evolution. It's a bit of a review, which I'll link to on the show notes page. There are uses of GMOs which help the farmer that is a good thing. One key issue is the consumer may not know if the food she's eating is a GMO food or not. If you don't know and can't opt out, that's a problem. Big agribusiness with winners picked by stakeholders and the WEF, the World Economic Forum, are one side of this issue. The other side is the small farmer without the aid of agribusiness. 
Those farmers are helped by the international organization La Via Campesina, and that includes the Brazilian group MST. From their webpage, MST represents, quote, Brazil's landless workers' movement in a mass social movement formed by rural workers and by all those who want to fight for land reform and against injustice and social inequality in rural areas, end quote. Their objectives, which are consistent with the objectives of La Via Campesina, include, quote, fighting for a more just and fraternal society means that workers and landless workers support and get involved in initiatives that seek to solve the serious structural problems of our country, such as social and income inequality, ethnic and gender discrimination, concentration of communication, exploitation of urban workers, etc., end quote. Now, that quote was read in English from the Google translation app, which translated it from the original Portuguese. So if there are errors, I wouldn't know, but the two forces at play are independent farmers, even a lot of them, and the World Economic Forum's plan to reset the food system. The great food transformation at the hands of the WEF is picking the winners of industry. Frederick Leroy commented on a Navdanya International blog post, quote, companies like Unilever and Bayer and other pharmaceutical companies are already chemical processors. So many of these companies are very well positioned to profit off this new food business, which revolves around processing chemicals and extracts needed to produce these lab-made foods on a global scale, end quote. About the EAT plan, Vandana Shiva commented in the same article, quote, Eats proposed diet is not about nutrition at all. It's about big business, and it's about a corporate takeover of the food system, end quote. Now, when we talked with Michael Rettenwald on the other episode about the big reset, the great reset, this is pretty much what he said. This is, this is stakeholders which are people who have bought in, and we can assume that that means sponsors as well, but certainly philosophically have bought into this global central planner controlling everything, not just the food system, but literally everything. And if you read through uh, Schwab's COVID-19 Great Reset book, it's there's, there's there's no mistaking what the plans are. They're they're heinous, but they're plain. In plain terms, the Great Reset and the food transformation is about a bully wanting to get his way and demanding it is better for you. Except this bully is patient and doesn't come on like Scott Farkas. He appeals to you with straw man fallacies, appeals to emotion and incrementalism. Oh, we're not asking for much. Just give up meat two nights a week, then three nights a week, then the whole week. But your friends are doing it. 
This is a massive subject with scores of players. Some of the articles have links, and it is a veritable Mad Hatter's paradise of rabbit holes to visit. I suggest you follow those holes. Read on and learn what you can about what the plans are. The whole affair reads as inevitable, but for the magnitude of the effort, it seems very top-heavy. It is exceptionally well-funded, but it seems like it cannot survive on its own, and perhaps that's our shining light. There is a sense through the readings that the WEF is opposed to consumerism and consuming items it deems inappropriate. Beef is one such thing. Cars are another. By extension, and as a way to reduce plastic use, cell phones and the interiors of cars should also not be produced, excluding motorcycle helmets, since there will not be gasoline-powered motorcycles, and add all the hoses and tubes and syringes from hospitals to the heavy plastic user list, and now maybe we can make a dent in the carbon use and fossil fuel use on the planet. I think it's pretty easy to see pretty quickly that such a thing would be just plain silly. To eliminate carbon in the form of fossil fuels is staggering. No more packaged foods. No drinks. Can you imagine these people favoring glass over plastic? The other chief issue is one of trade-offs. It is an economist's question. If we pursued the plan the WEF proposes, what will we have to forgo to pay for the plan? Many things, I expect, and that's one of the problems with the central planner. It cannot know the costs in choices, which are preferences, or in currency. But they have the conviction that they are right. Beware the central planner looking out for your own good. Ludwig von Mises wrote, quote, If one rejects laissez-faire, on account of man's fallibility and moral weakness, one must, for the same reason, also reject every kind of government action, end quote. All right, folks, that's going to do it. The show notes page will have some of the article links I mentioned. Dive in, but do plan to stay a while. Find it all at culinarylibertarian.com slash 122. The other night, the school board here had a nearly four-hour Zoom meeting about whether or not to open schools. If you are tired of waiting on someone else to tell you your kids can go to school, oh, sorry, then not, get your sanity back with the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. It is a self-paced course teaching all the subjects you want and Graduates are often better prepared for college than their landed school contemporaries. Learn more with my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash homeschool. You don't need permission to teach your kids. You just need a better program. Visit culinarylibertarian.com slash homeschool to learn more. 
I do want to point out that La Via Campesina doesn't get a pass on all things. They have their own Marxist tendencies and wants, but not at the global central planner level. I'll link the food sovereignty pieces on the show notes page, which discuss some of those points. Please share this episode on your social media feeds and like it when you see it. Also, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.